Bandwidth for all shows on the Aussie Tech Heads network is supplied by Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting. For a fast, affordable and reliable Australian server with fantastic support, contact Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting at aussietechheads.com.au. Aussie Tech Heads, Australia's best hosting service. Welcome to episode 371 Aussie Tech Heads. My name is Glenn Goodman and this is the show where we do review the week's tech news. Tech news that has interested us. So uh, join us for the next hour or so and uh, hopefully you will find some interesting news stories to be entertained with. Uh, I'd like to welcome you if this is your first time. Uh, Phase FM, 104.5 FM. So welcome to listeners out there. Welcome you guys. Hello. Nice to be heard by you. Now 104.5 FM broadcast through regional Australia on that uh, on that FM frequency and also through phase uh, fm.com.au that's phase uh, p-h-a-z-e fm.com.au and also on the TuneIn app if you're on Android or the the iPhones which I'm sure everyone out there listening has so go and get us out there all right now this is episode 371 as I mentioned just in case you're counting and the show is brought to you by Aussie Tech Heads web hosting and uh, you can get yourself some great looking web pages some professional affordable uh, web servers at athwebhosting.com.au so give us a give us a shout out and uh, hello all right now joining me tonight we have quite a few uh, hosts with me and uh, we've got a, a stranger that has returned after quite some time in the wilderness in the in the internet wilderness or of no internet wilderness and his name is William Tomkinson hey will how you doing it's not you lie it's luxury yacht <laughs> so how you been will <laughs> Uh, you know, not too bad, given that I'm paying two internet companies to get half the speed I should get out of one of them. So you, um, but it's been intriguing in the last month. Yes. So you, you've, uh, you've, you've got cable optus. You also signed up for ADSL as well. ADSL fell over and now you're back to cable optus. Is this correct? Yeah, well, basically, I got optus cable and it's a well-known fact that they've oversold their cable and they have no bandwidth which I've been able to put up with up until the last couple of months where as soon as I hit overseas sites, I was literally getting, at one point, I was getting about 300K down, about 120K, 128K upload. Um, so it's basically made it impossible to do anything. The only problem is that's anything I can get in this area up until recently, and they finally added an ADSL node to the exchange. Now, I'm only 600 metres from the exchange. Right. So I thought, cool, I should get decent speed. <laughs> so I signed up with Spintel, who were all happy and gracious. Of course, they are to take your money. And yeah, we'll send everything out. And everything was fast. I was there the next day and had the line connected. And Well, that was where it ended, really. <laughs> I actually managed to get internet a few times. Um, and I think the quickest speed I got was 2 meg down and about 300k up. Right. Well, that's not very good, is it? 
that is not, <laughs> not that I'm 600 k's from 600 meters from the exchange, and I'm sort of the only person I know the SL2 in the area. Yeah. So, so what are you running now? So you got rid of the AESL and you're back onto cable, and everything seems to be going okay. Yeah, I still struggle a bit with uh, overseas stuff. I have um, changed a few DNS things and a few, I blocked a few IP addresses that tended to spend a, send a bit of spam back through when you use YouTube and stuff like that. So it's it's okay. Um, it's at least it's stable now. Like it's not booting me off every half an hour. Hmm. So you know, yeah, like a month ago, I couldn't do this. I couldn't have you know, streaming like this, it just wasn't, wasn't happening. Wasn't happening. All right. So uh, you, that's good. You're back. You're on the internet. So that's good. Now, look, uh, Will, if you, if you don't know, Will is from uh, Magical Ipswich up there near Brizzy. <laughs> <laughs> so good on you, Will. You don't know, do you? <laughs> it's not magical. <laughs> it's hardly even Ipswich. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, where is it? Yeah, it's Ips- well, it's just out of Ipswich. Right. That's just funny because uh, Ipswich is built on a whole heap of, or this whole district is built on mines, and it's all red soil. And over the years, with the drought, it's all slowly expanding, and all the mine shafts are filling in. So, the like a few a couple of months ago, the entire main street of Ipswich just fell into a mine shaft. Right. Oh, so it's oh. like Ipswich real literally is the whole. <laughs> all right. Now, it's not just an expression; it's actually the truth. Now, uh, Will's going to be with us for the for the coming uh, for the rest of the show. So now we've got another two people to introduce, and let's see what uh, Jace has been up to. Hi, Jace, how you doing? Hey, how's it going, there, guys? Yeah, good, thanks. Now, Jace, when we get him on screen, there, just have another chat, Jace. <laughs> been hot yep. in Sydney. Oh, yeah, it's pretty hot here. Yeah, I've got the AC going on quiet mode in the background, and uh, quite often I have to put it on turbo when I get home just to get the room cool enough. But uh, today, um, when I got in the city, it was actually a bit overcast and a bit sprinkly up until lunchtime. So, mm. of course, that was only, only because I had to go out for an appointment to go to the optometrist. So it just rained in that time. And then once I was back in the office, it was fine. Yes. Oh, good. Well, now, um, look, we're going to uh, tell you that Jace is from Sydney, but I think you're soon to be moving to Melbourne. Is this is this true on the ground? Possibly. Line? We'll have to see what happens in the future. All right. Anything could happen. It's crazy around here. Crazy, I tell you. <laughs> and look, well, I've, to- I've told you where the other two are from. We've got one more to go, and then I'll tell you where I'm from, uh, if in case you don't know. And for the first timers, uh, Shane, how are you going? Hey, Glenn. Hey, Jason. And hey, Will. And hey, everybody else. Now, uh, Shane, you're from um, Perfect Perth. Is this correct? I am from bloody hot Perth. <laughs> yes, it looks like you're quite hot there. Now, <laughs> Shane uh, joins us, and uh, we, we thank Shane for giving up his afternoon because, as you know, uh, he's two hours behind, which uh, sometimes makes it difficult. But anyway, he's here, and he's got some stories to tell. So uh, good on you, Shane. What's been happening? I do, and there's a bear in there as well. All right, so we're going to move on. And look, I'll tell you where I'm from, from the Gold Coast. Yay! (laughs) Perfect one day, uh, whatever it is. What is it? Sunny one day, boot next, something like that. I forget. Oh, it's been ages since uh, Lara Bingles graced my You're team. you good at this. <laughs> yeah, I'm good at this. Now, uh, Shane, the uh, what do you do? What's your segment that you do? Tech news history this week. <laughs> yes, this week in tech history um, from or courtesy of Tom Merritt. Yes, well, you better hit us up with a couple. Yes, I will. You- December 9, 1906, Grace Hopper was born. She would uh, rise to the rank of Rear Admiral, but be best remembered for popularising the term debugging 
or hunting down computer errors. She computer she conceptualized the idea of machine independent programming languages, which led to the development of COBOL. Oh, there you go. All right, cool. Uh, what's next one? December nine, also nineteen sixty-eight. Computer scientist Douglas Engelbert. Uh, I wonder if he's related to Engelbert Humperdinck, no, he wouldn't have been. Gave a legendary product demonstration of MLS that would become known as the mother of all demos. Among other things, it introduced the computer mouse, video conferencing, teleconferencing, hypertext, word processing, hypermedia, object addressing, and dynamic file linking, bootstrapping, and the collaborative real-time editor. Oh, Jam-packed demonstration, that one. All those buzzwords, eh? They're still around. They were born 1968, <laughs> before we landed on the moon. All right, quickly, yes. uh, get on to your next one. December 9 again, 1987. Bloody busy day, December 9. Uh, Microsoft revealed Windows 2.0, the um, which, among other improvements, could run the first Windows version of Microsoft Word and Microsoft XL. Oh, and we haven't looked back, have we? Good stuff. Good on you, Bill. No. Good on your ball. <laughs> All right. And the 12th man. December 11. Too. <laughs> keep going? Yeah, keep going. Thank you. <laughs> December 11, 1967, the Concorde, a joint British-French venture and the world's first supersonic airliner was unveiled in Toulouse, France. Bigger news than the speed of the jet was the announcement that it was finally agreed that the British and French planes would both be spelled with an E at the end of the word Concorde, which I believe is the French way. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah, just do the uh, December 13 one next, please. Okay. Give me the one. Yep. Oh, yeah, no worries. <laughs> December 13, 1977, a young Bill Gates was arrested for traffic violation in Albuquerque, New Mexico, leading to one of the most famous mugshots ever. And do you think I could find it? No. no. Well, it mustn't be that famous. Jeez. It must be there somewhere. I've actually seen it, but I just couldn't find it in yeah. time for the show. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, what else you got? You got two more. Uh, December 14, 1996. John Tu and David Sun, the founders of Kingston Technology, took $100 million from the sale of their privately held enterprise and gave it to their employees. A spontaneous gesture that, uh, to those who had helped make the memory module company a market leader. Wow, $100 million. That's, that's out of control. 1996. Um, 1996, that's about, uh, oh, when was that? That was just after about, what, $100 for a meg? Was that about then? I don't know. Can't remember. All right. And lucky last. Uh, December 15, 1994, Netscape shipped version 1.0 of the Netscape Navigator web browser. All right. Cool. All right. Good stuff. Now, that's thanks, Shane. That was very informative. No problem. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So that's enough <laughs> of the tech news history for this week. And we've got heaps of stories, and they're all coming up next. Okay, uh, now look, I've got a couple of stories here uh, to go. I'll start off. Spotify. We all love Spotify, don't we? Uh, but now, looks like Spotify announced on Wednesday that it's expanding its free streaming option to all devices. So that's a very good news for people who want free music. Uh, this means non-paying users can listen to individual tracks and albums of their choice using the Spotify app for iOS and Androids. Uh, previously non- No way. Yes way. Yes, why? Oh, I love Spotify. I only don't use it on my mobile device because I don't want to pay $12 a month. So 
I listen to it on my computer all the time. It's the only thing I listen to now. Yeah, so what's happening now is that you'll be able to, you can, instead of doing it just wholly and solely on the computer, now it's tablet compatible for the free stuff as well. Um, and the iPhone, your, mo your mobile phone, is only, it's like a radio shuffle. So you can't actually uh, pick, you know, the song that you want to listen to. But however, you can, on the, on the mobile one, you can go, say, to Led Zeppelin, you find their new album, and then you can shuffle within that album. You might not be able to pick the song that you want, but you can shuffle within that album anyway. All of those, yeah. So the tablets get uh, all the music, do they? As far as I can see, like yeah. Like a desktop. Cool. Well, I'll just tether my tablet to my phone and away I go. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever, if you can do that. Tether your tablet to your phone. That's how you get your internet to your tablet. If yes, you set up a Wi-Fi yes, hotspot on your phone. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm with you. And you get all the free music you want. Mm. Well, that's right, yes. But that's good because now instead of your computer, you know, being in the one spot in the house, well, now you can get, pick up your little Bluetooth speaker, take your iPad somewhere, bang. Easy. So yep. that's, that's good. Awesome. I suppose they felt some pressure between, with the uh, Pandoras and, and the like. Uh, but previously, non-paying Spotify users could only listen to Spotify radio on the mobile. In addition to Spotify free for tablets, the company is also rolling out the free streaming option for all devices, including the mobile phones, which I just mentioned. Uh, that's, that's about it. So that's good. Spotify is the first company to sign these types of streaming agreements for users around the world. Well done. Well done. I'll be looking at some of that. Okay, Jace, what do, you, what do you got for us? Windows 8, uh, maybe bringing back the proper full start menu. Hooray, that was dancing in the street. Yay. Windows is a very polar operating, a polarizing operating system while many Windows users find it much faster and more stable than earlier versions of Windows. No comment, Will. <clears throat> Other users simply hate the Metro UI and wish it would go away forever. Paul Therott reports some good news for desktop users who feel spurned by Windows 8 and aren't satisfied with the changes made with Windows 8.1. Microsoft is working hard to appease them. The most important change is the rot here is that, is that Microsoft will finally be bringing back the full start menu to Windows 8.2 desktop mode. Unlike the current start menu button that Microsoft added in Windows 8.1, the new one will be much more like the one Windows users have known and loved since Windows 95. The right also says the new version of Windows will allow for Metro apps to run as floating windows on the desktop screen, something users can only do right now if they've installed third-party applications such as Modern Mix. Look, I've got over the Metro look. Look, I don't, I don't mind. It's just a big screen start button. I don't, I don't care. I, honestly, I don't really care. Uh, you, people, I think you forget. I think maybe, maybe they're right. They should be. Able, you should be able to turn it off if you don't want it. Like I'm always, I go directly into the desktop all the time. But then if you've got a, if yep. you've got a tablet, you know, if you've got a Surface or the, the Windows tablet, well, of course you're going to want it, want the Metro because that's how you use the thing. You know, that's right. That's yeah, because it's a touch interface. But for desktop, I prefer having the normal one. I've got a um, program that was free, thirty one called Classic Start Menu. And that runs all usual old uh, Windows menus, so I'm mm. quite happy with that. If they bake it into 8.2, then I don't need it, but it's free, so. Yeah, yeah, so that's right. So, well, that's fine. Yeah, well, I mean, Sonia uses it every day at work, and she still hates the, the – she just wishes it would go away because there's a couple of programs they use, and every time she hits the program, it puts the stupid icons back up on the screen again, and she has to go back out of that, back to the desktop to keep working on what she was working on. What happened? So she just she – just, She's got a couple of programs they use at work. Right. And every time she exits the program or minimizes the program, it calls up the 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 
Metro buttons. Yeah, the Metro well, instead of just the desktop. That shouldn't and be. And so happens. every time that happens, she's got to go back out of the Metro, back into the desktop. It doesn't work like that. So, mine, mine doesn't work like that. Mine just minimizes. No, it's just because they're, they're using some. Um, because in the industry she's in, the childcare industry, they use some um, custom-made programs, and right. they're not designed for Windows 8, and they do stupid things on Windows 8. But yet, right. you've got to use. Yeah. What the best do, I so. used to use, you can press the uh, Windows button on the keyboard, and it'll switch back to the desktop. No, you can't, because it's macroed for a shortcut, <laughs> and it, uh, yeah, it causes other issues in itself. In the foot a lot with that software. Yeah, that's what happens when you let. Childcare people design software. Mm. <laughs> oh well, but look, I've I got no problems. I've got no problems. Uh, Shane, have you got problems with Metro? No, no, no. I mean, I, I I don't use it, which is why I don't have a problem with it. Um, I'm still <laughs> using Windows Seven everywhere. I actually had this story as well. And the only other thing that um, I was going to kind of throw into the mix was, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but we're talking about uh, Windows. Uh, what's the name of it now? It's escaped me. Uh, the Windows threshold, and we. We're under the impression that it was like a brand new version of Windows, like a Windows version 9 kind of thing. According to the same article that um, the Warlock referred to, the Mary Jo Foley article, she kind of implies, it's not clear exactly what threshold is going to be, but she's implied that it's just basically a wave of updates um, that will just be kind of added to you know, mm. probably 8.2 yeah, rather yeah, than a, a brand like new version of Windows. Blue was for 8.1. They had Windows Blue Desktop, Windows Blue Phone, Windows blew everything, so the new code word is threshold for all the updates that go across the others. Mm. Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. Uh, now, I think uh, that was one story that both you guys had. Will, what, what have you been... Give us a story. What's been happening the last three weeks in the Android world or something? But you being the Android head? Mm, I haven't had internet, remember? <laughs> hey, um, no, I've just, got, just yeah. got a few little, uh, few little bits and pieces of stories that just sort of... You know, I don't really have a home, so I thought I'll give them a home. So, Good. Good on you. Um, one thing that, and I think this is fantastic, and I, and I don't know if you guys did this last week because I don't have internet, so I could listen to the show. But um, the new USB plugs, they're going to be reversible. Uh, yeah, the new USB 3 Type-C cables, they're going to be able to be plugged in either way around. So that's only taken 20 years to figure <laughs> that one out. Well, that's, a, that's a good <laughs> idea. Not backwards compatible. Um. Well, why can't they make them uh, like male to male as well or female to, you know, like, yeah, male to male? No, Tony Abbott is out. It's not in Canberra. (laughs) The High Court will reverse that decision. All right. No, um, yeah, it basically, it's, as far, well, they're saying it is backwards compatible because it's got, the way it's got the plugs work, they're on both sides of the tongue, so you can plug it in either way, apparently. Yeah, okay. Um, Yeah, right. So it doesn't really matter. The port doesn't really change. They just rounded off instead of having two square edges and two round edges. It's the whole thing's rounded off and then they've just got the the yeah, the the little tags on both sides of the, the center bit instead of just on one side. So mm. well that's um, all good. So that'll be good. Yeah, that's gotta be good. That's gotta be good. And what what else didn't have a home? <clears throat> Tell you what, this story I'm really keen on and um, I'm not sure why. Microsoft works on a smart bra that will help you stop Ooh. eating. A, a, a For some reason, this story appeals to me. I don't know why. <laughs> Have you got your bra on now, Will? No, but I think I need one. That's a bra, thank you. Um, <laughs> the man's ear. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Basically, Microsoft's working on a, on a smart bra that will help stop emotion leading. It, it basically, um, it 
monitors your, your pulse and your, your, your biological signs and basically detects if you're stressed or anxious or upset or worried, all these things that can help you overeat. Um, and then it also, you, you know, it sends the data to your Bluetooth phone and alerting you that, hey, you're stressed, you shouldn't be, you know, shouldn't be don't actually eat. you're not actually hungry, you just want to eat because you're stressed. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, I could okay. use that, it'd be really handy, I tell you. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, it'd be good. All these little devices, they all come in handy for something or other. But uh, yeah, yeah, cool. All right. Uh, did you have any more, Will, or we, uh, we'll save a couple for later on? Um, yeah, I've got plenty more. So one, just quickly that I just noticed, I scrolled down to the bottom of a story that I ended up not doing. But you know how they always put links and the recommended links to other stories you should read? Yes. Um, well, these were all in the technology section of this particular article. It says, we recommend David Koch, five shares to hold on forever. Remember 1994, the year of awesome. My pastor prefers masturbation. I'm proud to be a hermaphrodite and lesbian waitress fired after anti-gay receipt. They're the stories in the lineup that's a recommended reading. It's what, like, <laughs> but what was that the, after your USB story? Yeah, and you know what the original story was? <laughs> Best technology in gadgets released this year. Well, there you go. <laughs> there, oh, that's something for everyone. Isn't that based on your search results, though, Will? I, well, I don't know. That's what Incognito is for, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I'll tell you what, we're going to go away and digest that and maybe have a look at those web pages and, uh, and those links, and uh, we'll come back in a sec. <clears throat> All right, now, look, I've got another another couple of stories here. Look, I've got, I've got one. Will's, Will's going to have a few more of his little uh, homeless stories later on. I'll stake in the middle and see which one comes to the forefront. That's right. Now, look, everyone's talking Just about... Um, sorry. Up with that USB story, it's going to be a completely different size plug. It's going to be more of a, US, a micro USB size plug that's reversible, so it's not... You know, oh, okay. Two stuff is not going to fit in it. Well, your story is obviously more detailed than mine. <laughs> <laughs> you must have real reporters. <laughs> yeah, well, I wonder what links that uh, Jay's got then. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now, look, everyone seems to be picking up the, I don't know, the story about these drones everywhere, you know, delivering <laughs> pizzas, delivering books, delivering whatever you want, you know, at uh, immediately. Yeah, Amazon, and they're all having a go at it now. I think uh, on... Pizza Hut. Yeah, I think last Sunday night on 60 Minutes in the US, I think uh, Amazon had a bit of a, of a segment on this. They, they focused on Amazon. But not to be outdone, DHL uh, completes the first drone delivery test. Just to, just to get the edge, you know? Why not? You've got, you got to get the edge. Now, um, now, this postal giant, Dutch Post DHL, so that's their full name, completed its first successful drone delivery test uh, this week using a robot craft to deliver a three kilogram medicine package. Well, there you go. Now look, there's a, for, the, for you guys on the video, and look, we do have video. If you, if you want to see the video, it's uh, at, on the YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Aussie Tech Heads, or just from the aussietechheads.com.au webpage, forward slash podcast webpage. So you can find, us, find the video if you're interested. Uh, but look, here's the drone delivering this little package. Way it goes, wee. And uh, the, the yellow packet, Copter uh, flew at a height of 50 metres across the Rhine. What, whatever the Rhine is, must be somewhere over there. In Rhine's river, isn't it? Is it? Yep. Okay, so yeah. 50 metres across the Rhine, carrying the package from a pharmacist in Bonn 
to the DH Hill DH head office. Uh, approximately one kilometre away. DHL said it had permission from local aviation authorities to run the test flights, but they were uh, simply part of a trial. There are no plans to offer deliveries by drone to consumers just yet, that they said. A, spokesman, a spokesperson told The Verge, in the context of this future-orientated innovation project, we are considering particularly urgent deliveries, such as drug supply or deliveries via parcel copter to areas that are geographically difficult to access. However, we do not have specific plans to use the parcel copter in our regular parcel delivery operation at present. But, <clears throat> yeah, you know, what happens if it falls out of the sky? You know, what happens if it hits yeah. someone on the head? Like, I mean, th that was what they had on, you're saying they had, uh, Amazon had a story where they had, they followed that up and then they had um, Pizza Hut was trialling it. And there's actually an Australian guys who are developing, um, developing the infrastructure to back it up with, uh, you know, to make sure they don't run out of range and make sure they don't fall out of the sky. They've got charging bases and whatever. The biggest problem they're having at the moment, in Australia at least, is the um, the authorities won't... There's no provision for sort of unmanned private flight, um, you know, aircraft sort of. So there's, there's sort of no real provision for it. So they've got to do a heap of testing and make sure that it, you know, it doesn't fall out of the sky and cut people's heads off and, and yeah. whatever. So, yeah, so what happens, like, if it has a malfunction, I'm guessing it's probably safer, yeah, for the blades to stop turning, and then it's just going to drop. So instead of cutting someone to pieces as it falls, it's just going to knock someone on the head and give them a bump. No, well, that one, it's actually highly unusual. What they should do is equip them with cameras. So if something does go wrong and it does chop someone's head off or something, at least they could put it on YouTube. Mm, yeah, that's right, and right. make some money off it. Yes. Um, no, they, they most of them actually. Uh, it's strange that one didn't have it. Most of the ones you look at uh, all have the rotors actually um, encapsulated in in foam, so that if they do, you know, hit something, it just sort of bounces off them and, and doesn't really cause any dramas. Yeah, cool. So, all right. So. I think the biggest problem they're going to have is, especially in America, where everyone has the right to bear arms. The people trying mm. to shoot them down. <laughs> Well, yes, yes, and with all the 3D uh, print printers being made, and uh, yeah, let's, let's make a plastic gun and shoot these copters out of the sky. Actually, it's funny. I was reading a a uh, supposedly high quality newspaper yesterday, and then and then they've they've just discovered that 3D guns can be used to make firearms. Oh. Like, hang on, didn't we talk about that like six months ago on this show? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's funny because I think there's a, a, a segment on 60 Minutes was last week. What's it? Australian 60 Minutes last week about this. That's but, right. Like, but just as, a, just as a finishing note to the, this little printer, 3D printer story, apparently uh, you can, they can now mix colours. You can, like, instead of just, you know, feeding in the one mm. colour, uh, apparently now they can mix and make different colours for the, for the 3D yeah. objects. That's is, always been a limiting factor because the different colours have always been slightly different polymers and they wouldn't quite bond properly but yeah now they've figured out to they can make them all the same so that's going to be neat it means you can make a rainbow gun yeah nice. <laughs> so you can be hippie and you can be peace loving <laughs> mung beans and shoot people all right Shane <laughs> uh, what have you got this week the next story that I'm going to do is the one about the NSA because you know you can't have a week go by without a story about the NSA nice. and uh, the undercover World of Warcraft agents that they've apparently got Oh, yeah. dear. And Second Life. Yes, yes, that's part of the story as well. Mm. A briefing uncovered by The Guardian reveals that the NSA and its UK sister agency, the GCHQ, have infiltrated the massive online gaming communities uh, in their quest to uncover secrets. 
The newspaper report that the NSA has built mass collection capabilities against the Xbox Live console network, as well as deploying agents in the virtual kingdoms of World of Warcraft and Second Life. Uh, the Guardian goes on to explain that um, if properly exploited, games could produce vast amounts of intelligence, according to the NSA document. The, uh, they could be used to, uh, as a window for hacking attacks, uh, to build pictures of people's social networks through buddy lists and interactions, to make approaches by undercover agents, and to obtain target identifiers such as profile photos, geolocation and collection of communi communications. The ability to extract communications from talk channels in games would be necessary, the NSA paper argued, because the potential for them to be used to communicate anonymously, uh, anonymously Second Life was enabling anonymous text and planning to introduce voice calls while game notice boards, uh, while game notice boards could, it states, be used to share information on the web addresses the terrorism forum. So basically the, the report is arguing that um, they're doing what they're doing because of the, the potential for these virtual worlds, if you like, to, to be used to um, communicate in code or, or mm. secret messages around terrorism. The document was written in 2008. It doesn't indicate that um, any of this wealth of data ever uh, foiled any terrorism plots, nor uh, for that matter, is it clear that any terror groups really use such virtual communities to communicate, even though the NSA suspected that they might. Now, Jace, you were tweeting this week, just sticking with the game theme, you were tweeting this week about uh, South Australia doing something crazy or, or, some, or thinking something crazy about gaming. Oh, yeah, the government's put up a website warning people that uh, if kids get into video games, the next step after that is gambling. <laughs> so... Won't somebody please think of the children? <laughs> I think that maybe, maybe mm. is that what the government's think is hoping so they can go uh, cha-ching. But, yeah. <laughs> but that's where they get all their revenue from. It's crazy. I'm going to go out on a wing and say that um, pokies cause gambling. <laughs> yeah. Gambling cause gambling. <laughs> rather, rather than like, you know, video games. <laughs> like, when was the last time you bet somebody your house and car on whether or not you could beat Mario before them? Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> I, I don't know who, what, where that story originated from or, or whatever, but it was somewhere in the South Australian Parliament. So what are you guys it's doing? It's just another excuse to not have the NBN. If we've got crap internet, you can't play online, you can't gamble. That's their excuse. <laughs> we don't want the NBN because it, the NBN causes gambling. That's what it is. That's, that's, that's what it is. Oh, we've discovered the problem. <laughs> that's what it is. So talking, you're better off without it. Talking to people causes gambling. Oh, no. <laughs> we, we better shut up, put a mask on. All right. Yeah, so that's no good. It's just crazy stuff. I thought, I thought Queensland was supposed to be full of all the crazy stuff. Did, did... Oh, it is. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> oh, There's plenty to go around. Oh, don't you worry about that. <laughs> oh, don't, those, don't, those... don't buy dingo, buy crikey. <laughs> oh, don't you worry. All right. Now, uh, we're going to go and get ourselves sorted out after that, and uh, we'll see you guys uh, soon. <coughs> okay. Uh, what? What are we? Where are we gonna go? <laughs> where are we gonna go now? Hi, Bruce. Uncle Arthur. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, click. For, here's a here's a here's a quick little one. 
Ah, click frenzy. Remember the click fail of last year. Well, the click, fe- yes. the click frenzy. <laughs> oh, I have got that sound effect too, but it's, it's not in the soundboard yet. <laughs> it would have been perfect. It would have been perfect, Jase. Uh, look, soundboard is coming. Soundboard is coming. Uh, yeah, it's been coming for a long time. I know. But it's, it's, I think that was about three years or so. You know, when it finally, when it eventually does get here, tonight is closer than it was last week. So it's coming. It's true. Really. It's true. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Click Frenzy sales are up 16%, which is probably not much to go on, considering that they melted last year. Uh, online, <laughs> online sales for the second, the second go of Click Frenzy retail initiative were up by more than 16%, uh, although average sales dropped 4%. So the comparison, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, as you remember last year, yep, the system melted down largely and was largely unavailable for the first five hours. So I uh, haven't heard how Kogan's getting on with his Kogan frenzy uh, lawsuit that, uh, yeah, there's a bit of a, you know, people want to own the word frenzy, you know. Come on. No one owns it. The Oxford Dictionary owns it. Come on. The Queen owns it, for goodness sake. All right, uh, Jace. What else have you got? What else tickled your fancy this week? Nothing. Yahoo's oh. email went down this week and nobody noticed. <laughs> Yahoo's email service <laughs> has been unavailable really to a number upset. of users. <laughs> Yahoo's email service has been unavailable to a number of users for days as the company battles to fix a hardware problem. It has been proving more difficult than expected. Yahoo Mail has been down for an unspecified number of customers since Tuesday, the company said today, but is expected to be out back up by the end of the day. Yahoo Senior Vice President of Communication, John Forte, said in a post that the company had dozens of people working around the clock Does, um, to resolve the problem we attributed to a hardware problem in one of its data centers. Does unspecified, do you think that translates to majority? Because <laughs> like, yeah. if it was... I think it's- it's funny because they've got dozens of people working around the clock to fix it, but they don't have dozens of people that use the service. <laughs> There's more people trying to fix the problem than use it in the first place. Look, I went out to fix a computer oh, one time, one time, and they were using Yahoo Mail. I thought, what, what's this? No way. Yeah, I know, I know. Look, I've actually... You've got veal. <laughs> I've actually downloaded Yahoo Mail to have a look at it. And look, it's not, not too bad. It's just like another little like Gmail or Hotmail. It's, no it's no worse than Hotmail. Yeah, look, it's, got, it's, it's nice colours, you know. It's, it's good. It's, it's user-friendly. It's, yeah. You know, it's like AOL. You can, you're in your little world. It's happy as long as you stay in that little world. It's all good. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but anyway, but uh, yeah, so uh, Yahoo, well, hurry up and sort your, sort your crap out. Okay, now, uh, Sam, now SSD drives. Who's in love with SSD drives, eh? I think Me. we all are. Me. Yeah, yeah you, you got one in your machine, Will? I do. I have a 256 gig SSD Corsair in oh, my you're on fire. system. I've only got 128 uh, gig in mine, but uh, it's okay. Yummy. Yeah, but it still makes my Windows 8 fly. So, Jace, you got one. And uh, Shane, do you have one? Is Shane? No. It makes a big. Shane's Shane's frozen. It's that hot. It's frozen. Um, <laughs> when the SSD, I tell you what, it's interesting because normal day to day operations you don't notice it. But if I want to render my video, like originally I just bought it as a boot drive, but because I got the two fifty six gig one, it's big enough to render my video, and it's cut my rendering time in half. I didn't realize how much mm. of a bottleneck I had, and I've got a RAID. Um, 
with two drives. Admittedly, they are older drives, but they're still rated. And yeah, the SSD is quicker than both of those 7200 Western Digitals. Mm. So, oh look, I, I can't look. I can't talking about um, you know p- pushing things to the limit. This new i7 that I've got in my machine. I don't know, Will, how your AMD compares, but under normal operating circumstances, like even tonight. Uh, so we've got the like the, the Skype thing going. And we've got the, the recording, the video streaming. Uh, we've got internet browser pages open. We've got the live stream thing going on. We're sending out. Mm. Uh, my processor is sitting at around 56%. And yeah. through the day, I can't get it over 5%. Like this thing is just, mm. just one of the best one of the best uh, CPUs that I've ever had. Probably because it's the current one. But, uh, but how's, how's your yeah, AMD? Well, then, You'll be similar to that. It's the same thing. I've got the X8, which is the 8-core AMD. Um, I've got 64 gig of RAM and the 256 Corsair plus um, a two terabyte uh, um, storage drive, and um, I've also got uh, the rated drives in there. And yeah, it's I it, doing everything we do, the streaming, the whole lot. Um, I can't get it to to you know. I think the highest I've ever seen it's about 85 percent. Mm, you know, that's good. Have you and, got I mean, water cooled? No, just normal air cool. Um, I've got two video cards in there that run because I've got the four monitor set up. So I've got two video cards running two monitors each. Um, you know, I can play, I can play two different vers- two different copies of two games, plus be rendering a video, plus streaming. Um, you know, one of the games all at the same time, and it's yeah, good. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's great. just amazing. It's great. Although I will tell you what, when it does get hot like it is now, when the ambient temperature is hot like. 35 plus degrees like it is now. The CPU fan sounds like a hovercraft about to take off. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but getting you back to my story, actually, about SSD drives, is that Samsung is un- has unveiled a one terabyte uh, solid-state drive for Ultrabooks and tablets. So oh, That's think- going to be expensive. Yeah, I think uh, from <laughs> memory, I think it was around about... I think it was like 600 pounds. This story came from the bbc.co.uk and it was about 600 pounds. I was at 1,200 bucks. Less than 1,000. Plus the Australian tax, so 1,800 bucks. Yes, please. (laughs) So Samsung claims it's the first company to offer a terabyte of storage in the MSATA form factor. So, which mm. is normally deployed in devices such as ultra slim laptops and tablets. The device is around a quarter. This is the MSATA. If you want to know what the MSATA form factor is, it's around the a quarter of the size of a regular two and a half inch solid state drive. If you know if you know what one of those looks like, and at three point eight five millimeters, it is less than half the thickness of half the thickness. It weighs eight point five grams. Eight point five grams. What weighs 8.5 grams? Like three grains of salt? I don't know. <laughs> uh, the the uh, drive will be available in a 120, 250, and 500 gig versions and is capable of sequential read and write speeds of 540 megabytes a second and 525 megabytes a second, respectively, according to Samsung. Now, you know, this is all, this is all well and dandy. Then you, and it's only pretty new onto the market. But look, I won't go into the review, but there is a review in the show notes if you want to see it from the PC Gamer. I think they gave it a bit of the thumbs up. Uh, so uh, look, if you, if, you want to, if you want to read a review, go to pcgamer.com, uh, search for the review there, or go to the aussietechheads.com.au forward slash podcast show notes, and you will yeah, go navigate to uh, episode 371, and you will find the show notes with the link to that review. Good stuff. 
All right. Uh, so it's probably pretty good. Have another look at it. There it is right there. Sweet as. So it's hard to believe that it's actually, like, that pitch is bigger than it. <laughs> mm. That's tiny. Yeah, it is. It's the size of, like, a half a matchbox. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's crazy stuff, isn't it? Crazy stuff. All right, good stuff. Now, you might be wondering, what's happened to Shane? He dropped out. So, uh, look, we're going to go find him, and we'll be I'm back. back. When we do. Oh, he's back, but we're still going to go and find him anyway. See you later. <laughs> okay, we found him. We found him. He was just hiding in the background. Shane, give us a story now that you, you've popped up. Well, I had a bit of a brownout where the, the power almost went out, but didn't quite. Oh, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. That's what brownouts usually are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next story I'm going to do, which kind of follows on from the NSA story, uh, the FBI can secretly activate laptop cameras without the indicator light. Oh, is this fair This dinkum? is a story. Sorry? Fair dinkum? This yeah, has fair been dinkum. getting around yeah. for a while, though. It's nothing new. No, but according to uh, the Washington Post reports that the FBI has had the ability to secretly activate a computer's camera without triggering the light uh, that lets the users know that it's recording for years now, which is what <laughs> Will alluded to. Mm-hmm. The uh, the report goes on to say that uh, Marcus Thomas, uh, former assistant director of the FBI's operational technology division, told the Post that the this sort of creepy spy laptop recording is mainly used in terrorism cases for the uh, most serious of criminal investigations. The, um, there's a link to uh, another article where it basically um, goes on to explain exactly uh, an example of one of these cases that it was talking about and, and how it was used. The FBI's elite hacker team designed a piece of malicious software that was uh, delivered to delivered secretly, to, secretly when one of their suspe- suspects, a guy called Mo, signed on to Mo. use Yari email account. So there you go. That's that's one of the guys that was, that was using Yahoo email at the time um, from no. any computer anywhere in the world, according to the documents. The goal of the software was to gather a range of information, websites that had been visited, and indicators of the location of the computer that would allow investigators to find Mo and tie him to the bomb threats. Such high-tech search tools, which the FBI calls network investigative techniques, have been used when authorities struggle to track, uh, track suspects who are apt at uh, covering their tracks online. The most powerful FBI surveillance software can covertly download files, photographs and stored emails or, um, or even gather real-time images by activating cameras connected to computers, say court documents and people mo- people familiar with the technology yeah, look, so the bottom line is, is when your camera's not in use uh just cover the lens up yeah well as i said before as i said a couple of weeks ago like microsoft i reckon they've got to know about all this sort of stuff but they, they yeah. must know that there's these little back doors created or were they actually created for the fbi you know and or, or whoever it is nat, nat, nat they're pretty much whatever. told they had to do it yeah yeah that's right i mean it's yeah. it's not new it's been something that's been around for years because it's only every time you tell someone they're like no hey don't be stupid they don't do that okay whatever yeah, well, that's right. You know, the truth will come out eventually. Yes. It did. Uh, Jace. Yes. Hello. Oh, hi. <laughs> what are you, what, what, have you got anything else for us this week? Yes, Westpac has joined the race to be the first Australian bank to offer its customers wave-and-go payments by their smartphones without requiring sticker or fancy case. Commonwealth Bank announced its intention to launch similar technology in October, 
but has yet to provide an indicative timeline for when it would become available to shoppers. Westpac customers using a Samsung Galaxy S or Galaxy Note 3 would be able to use their devices to pay in stores by passing them over a Visa PayWave terminals from early 2014, the bank said. The new Android-based devices combine a secure element, a partitioned area of memory, usually an extra smart card chip, SIM or SD card, in addition to their near embedded near-field communications, NFC. Mm -hmm. Westpac now feels the devices are secure enough to begin allowing its customers to pay for goods and services in stores with their phones. The bank's chief product officer, David Lindbergh, said, initially NFC payments will be restricted to users of these specific Samsung models. Yeah, right. They should have said it's now, we've now decided that it's secure enough for people to legitimately use their phones <laughs> because people have been doing it for a while. <laughs> Just not, not, like, not with the bank's blessings. There's mm. apps for that. Yeah, you so, can use yeah, exactly. bump, apps, bump apps and Facebook apps and Gmail apps to send yeah. send money around at the moment. And Bitcoin, except for Apple phones, Apple's banned all the Bitcoin apps from its store. Yeah, because they're scared of it. See, the guy just bought a, um, a $10 million, uh, million dollar supercar with Bitcoins. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> How wow. about that guy in the UK who lost a hard drive with $8.7 million worth of Bitcoins yeah. on it? I lost my wallet ID, and I reckon I probably had a few hundred dollars on me. Yeah, right. So Why can't you find That's it? the problem with Bitcoins. You lose the wallet ID, you can't get them back. That's the only link is that wallet ID. That that one number is the only thing that links you to your Bitcoins. How big's yeah, that's the... why you're sifting through the dump. <laughs> yeah. How big's the uh, the ID? Is it something you just can write down on a bit of paper, or is it a big gobbledygook? No, a very, very big long number, yeah. Yeah, it's a big secure mm. key. It's like a um, PGP sort of key. Well, you'd have to next when you find it, will you have to put that into LastPass or something in the secure vault? Ah, oh, never gonna find it. It's gone. Yeah, that's no good. It's a, it's a digital, digital key. Your, it stores your bitcoins in the file. Mm. I had completely forgotten about it. I had it all backed up and everything, and I put my backup drive into my computer to back up my backup drive, and for some reason it just never got copied back onto the drive, and I lost it. Yeah, yeah that's no sort good. of what happened with that guy in the UK had all his bitcoins on a spare drive he kept in the drawer and a couple of years later is like, oh, I've got that spare drive. I haven't used that for ages. Yeah. I might as well chuck it out. There's nothing on there. And then he went, OMG! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, well, you get that. You get that. Oh, there you are. Okay. <laughs> all right. Now, 4chan. You probably haven't heard of 4chan. Uh -oh. But... oh, yeah, I've heard yes. of it. Well, for those of you who have, remember, remember... Oh, yeah, iOS 7, you want to update to that because that'll make your iPhone waterproof. Yeah, <laughs> them guys, them guys. Now it's the Xbox One. Yeah. <laughs> They're at it again. They are yep. at it again. Uh, Xbox One owners are being warned about an internet prank message that could wreck your console. Ah, oh, dear, oh, dear. The prank message originated on the 4chan website, falsely claims to enable the new console to play games made for its predecessor, the Xbox 360. We all know the Xbox 360, the uh, Xbox One cannot play. It's not backwards compatible to the Xbox 360. But the Xbox, uh, the Xbox One cannot play these older games, and the bogus advice could brick your console, rendering it inoperable. You might as well. You might as well chip wah, a couple of... We chip... got that soundboard again. <laughs> yeah, I know. You might as well chip a couple of bricks out of the side of your house and slip your Xbox One in and, and render over it because that's all it's going to be good for. A series of button presses 
menu choices, and ID details required, required to turn an Xbox One into a device that can be used by developers who need to test games for the console. Anyone following this advice was not an actual Xbox game developer and who did not have a real ID would put their console into an endless startup loop. Ah, oh, the old time loop startup thing. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Even the doctor couldn't get out of it. Worse than if you're is... lucky enough to only go as far as the uh, developer mode, you can do a factory reset and get that back. But if you try and do this, quote, backwards compatibility <laughs> stuff, I think you're pretty much screwed. So what, what's it doing? Is it actually like doing something to the firmware here? Or how is it actually, do you know how it's actually bricking? I didn't look right into this one, no. Mm. I just know that uh, there have been other stuff, other stories around how to turn on developer mode for your device, but um, that's a bit far for a lot of people to understand what's happening with their machine, and it's not just a quick press a button to go back to your normal mode. You really have to do a factory reset. Yeah, but right. it's okay. Microsoft loves their customers so much, I'm sure if you took it back, they'd gladly fix it for you for a few hundred dollars. Well, I <laughs> no. suppose. Well, if you're trying to do something crazy... But uh, look, just while, I, while while we're talking about Xbox, I've just got another little quick one. Xbox gamers have been suspended in a cursing crackdown. On mm. yeah, on Monday, Microsoft confirmed it. It's trying to clean up language in its online community. Microsoft said players who run afoul of its rules in relation to foul language are being temporarily suspended from using certain apps. Uh, however, they're not being banned uh, from Xbox Live indefinitely. So, uh, well, yeah, I think they were saying that Connect can recognize the words that you're swearing and uh, it can ban your account and report it to yeah. Microsoft, which mm. is good because you know they get the 13 year old kids on there who learn some naughty swear words and then just sit there swearing their heads off for the whole game and you know, Call of Duty and stuff. People are not, not even wanting to play it because of the experience, it's just these kids yelling out these words because they're like, Oh, I'm anonymous and nobody will ever find me except for the kid in the UK who was actually saying it to a guy who sort of knew him and tracked down the kid and tried to strangle him. So <laughs> yeah, don't nice. do it, kids. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, so You're not anonymous. Anyone can find you, especially Microsoft. They know where you are and your IP and everything. So has anyone here played the Xbox? Like, is it is, is this is a real issue then, Jace? Like, you, you've experienced this issue? I don't play um, co-op games online, but I've heard so much from it, especially women have a lot of trouble with this kind of thing where people are saying very vulgar and sexual stuff to them, whether they're 13 or whether they're 40. Right. And uh, I know it's a very bad experience for them. So it puts them off a lot from playing these co-op games because you don't want to experience this kind of stuff. So um, they just end up sticking to one player games or only playing with one or two friends that they really know rather than getting the full Xbox experience. Yeah, okay, right. Which is, which is not a bad thing. Some people thought that they were actually listening in on through the Skype, but I don't think that is actually happening. No, as, it's as, just voice uh, recognition. Yeah, as Jay said. Don't worry, it won't work in Australia because they can't, nothing, no, no voice recognition works in Australia, <laughs> so you'll say. <laughs> Like, don't understand crikey so little kitties <laughs> swear your swear your heart out you won't you won't get you won't get banned well they'll just they'll just have to uh uh oh look milo in the lounge he, he's obviously sick of it <laughs> <laughs> so well, speak, speaking of the lounge we do have a live lounge that uh tunes in for the recording of the show if you want more details of how to join us live for the recording go to aussietechheads.com.au forward slash live and uh when we come back we're going to hear from shane Okay, Shane, how are you going over there? 
Wakey. I'm good, man. Wakey, wakey. Wakey. Good. Uh, you got a, I think, one more for us this week. I do. And um, this kind of follows on or touches on your Kogan story that you had earlier. Kogan is getting into smartwatches from today, which I think was the other day. Kogan will offer fairly sizable range of watches uh, for relatively low prices, including new smartwatches from the likes of Sony and Samsung. Normal watch brands include Michael Kors, mm. Tag Heuer, Guess, Gucci and Hugo Boss. Among the smartwatches right now, you have the choice of the Sony Smartwatch 2 and the Samsung Galaxy Gear and a Bluetooth smart, uh, smart bracelet. And I went and had a look on the, uh, the webpage this afternoon and the price of the Samsung Galaxy Gear is 289 and the Sony Smartwatch 2 is 179 Now, Jason, you bought one of these watches recently, not from obviously Kogan, but um, what are those prices like compared to what you paid? My Pebble was $165 Australian, $150 US. Free shipping okay. from Hong Kong and it took five days. All right. I love it. Great watch. You know, uh, the thing, the Samsung Galaxy watch can last about 10 to 12 hours on a single charge because of the color screen, a lot more functionality jammed into it with camera and stuff, but the Pebble can last up to seven days under normal use just with notifications and uh, watch face. I find it very handy because I get a lot of notifications on there. And if the phone rings, it comes up on the watch. If you've got the person's name and number as a contact, it'll say this person is ringing and if you're busy or in a meeting or something, you can just press hang up using the watch. You don't even have to get your phone out of your pocket. It's fantastic. Sweet. Uh, yes. a, uh, also, to follow along with that story, there's an Indiegogo campaign for a Smarty Ring that has a similar functionality to the Pebble Watch. You can just wear a ring on your finger with the LCD screen. It has the notifications on it. Oh, fair income. Fair I used to have a pen. You can put a pen in your top pocket and it used to vibrate and... The red light on top would flash when you when your phone when you had a message. Mm. Well, what about um, remember that story we had the other day? LED carpet. Maybe you could have fake LED mohair and your mo would light up. <laughs> <laughs> that would do the night rider thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the Zylon or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. That'd be awesome. Facial hair. I'd handle that. Let's yeah. <laughs> make it happen. Imagine going into a disco in a neon lit disco and it's just going. <laughs> There's the guys with the mustaches on the yeah. desk. What disco are you going to? Yeah, we know what kind of disco these guys. The Blue Oyster Room or what? Yeah, that'd, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Not in Canberra. Oh, look, speaking of awesome in Canberra. Canberra. Speaking of awesome in Canberra, MBN. What, what's, what's going on, Jace? MBN. Well, the MBN Co. has named the current Vodafone Australia chief, Bill Morrow, as a replacement, permanent replacement for Mike Quigley, who retired in July. Ziggy Switolsky, gotta love that guy's name, has been acting in the role of CEO at MBN Co. whilst the permanent replacement was sought. News of the appointment was first reported by the Australian Finance Review and by Telecommunications Industry Newsletter, Tom's Day. The move to NBN Co. means Morrow will have only spent just two, under two years rebuilding the business of Vodafone Hutchison Australia after its well-documented network issues and customer exodus. Did he Vodafone. rebuild it? <laughs> he tried to uh, bring it back from the brink, but there's still 600,000 people a month leaving. So And he's jumped as we well. We have to wait to see what happens. The although, although a few of my friends are saying they're getting really good speeds on the Vodafone now since there's nobody on <laughs> Since they're the only one there. <laughs> 
They've all gone to Telstra. So uh, the N- the NBN, like I've read today, now we're going supposed to be getting completion by two thousand and nineteen. Uh, with four twenty one. Yeah, with speeds uh, fifty meg down. Who knows what up? Well, is this thing ever going to happen? You know, is it ever? Is it really ever going to happen? Uh, apparently, under the old road, what is it, road map or whatever, that the 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 goals were unrealistic. Um, you know, someone's even said something about 2046 was going to be fibre to the premise all the way around Australia. That probably sounds more realistic no, the way it's going, to be honest. They're not going to have fibre to the premise. The only fibre to the premise is going to be ones that were already being installed mm. under Labor. Um, the new one, that's going to be about 23% of Australia. The rest is going to be uh, either HFC, if you've already got... Optus will will be very happy about that to know that the NBN won't be coming to his area because he's already got HFC yeah, from exactly. Optus there. Um, so they're definitely not going to put NBN anywhere you've got Optus or Telstra cable because they mm. said that's fast enough as it is and they can go blitzing fees, speeds with the new Doxis coming out. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, tell me more uh, about that. Can we go faster up? We want more up. Well, they're not so no. concerned about up, it's down. That's the <laughs> problem. They don't care about up. They limit up. And yeah. that's what I was saying. Optus actually told me that they put a hard limit at two megabits a second. That's the maximum limit they'll allow their customers to have because they're afraid of piracy. Yeah, and they also oh, think people boy. are going to run Microsoft Exchange Server in their back room and then set up like their own ISP and stuff. So they're always going to limit services like that. And um, the, other, the other percentage they're going to have VDSL, which is a bit faster ADSL running over the current copper wires, which are dying and falling to pieces. And the rest of the country gets uh, wireless via uh, 4G or uh, satellite, which is a terrible, terrible solution for anybody. Yeah. Now they've renamed it to just uh, very fast broadband rather than (laughs) the super speeds they were talking about before. You just can't lie that much and say that it's going to be, you know, one gigabit or even 100 meg because um, within the next six or seven years, people are going to be lucky to get 25. Yeah, look, we just need far, a little bit faster than two and a half up, please. Mate, I'd probably, I think five should do it. Five would do it, wouldn't it? And uh, look, there's a lot of people on ADSL are only getting maximum one up. So come on, let's go. Let's get cracking. More, well, less than that. My, at my in-laws place, they're on ADSL one. And they're getting about um, 750k down, about 200k up. Yeah, and the other problem that they are not considering is a lot of the workforce is doing telecommunicating, telecommuting. I um, work for a company that supports another company where they're trying to get most of the staff to work from home. And I had a guy who um, can't take phone calls because they they. When the people ring the company, it gets rerouted through a soft phone software to his home phone via the internet and then rings his home phone or they can answer through the computer. And there's just not enough bandwidth where he is to be able to support the voice over IP. And so the calls hang up randomly. Mm. He's halfway through uh, booking something for important clients and then suddenly it drops out and then he can't get back onto them. And there's really nothing we can do. I ran speed test he's had telstra out there as i recommended to run line tests and such and they said well you're getting about two meg and two to four meg on a really good day you get four most of the time two it's not enough to run your telecommunicating telecommuting but there's nothing we can do about it sorry mm. and that's what the future is going to be like yeah yeah that's yeah 
Oh, well, we just uh, have to wait and see. But so, yeah, well, I'm on cable, so obviously no MBM for my area then. So I've got nothing to look forward to. Yeah, I might go out and shoot myself. All right. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Uh, Will, have you got a, a, a uh, just like a little quick homeless one for us? Yeah, I've got a couple of small ones. Um, <clears throat> yeah, have you ever wondered what it'd be like if your phone had underwear? I mean, it's no. a question we've all been asking, clearly, because um, somebody's actually designed them. Uh, the Smarty Pants undies cover the bottom of your phone, apparently, to protect it. Um, it's... Uh, no skin marks from your iPhone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's, they're 450 each, and they're like, uh, you can get them in uh, boxes or G-strings, and what? they're suitable for, any, for most phones. They're available in different sizes. Um, so yeah, check those out. Make sure you check out uh, some smart pants. Um, you got too much money? Yeah, go. For it. Created by the gaming giant Bandy. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know what to say. Although it's the the home button would be like I don't, I don't know. In the please. <laughs> oh, is that the wrong picture? But that's what it says. No, Smarty phone. Yeah. I don't yep. know. Yeah. That's one of them. Like There's all sorts of different ones for them. What does that just wrap around <laughs> the phone or something? Or how does the that? Yeah. The phone, yeah. It just sits. The phone just sits in there and. <laughs> yeah, right. In the crux area. Uh, okay. All right. Well. So yeah. Cool. cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad and you brought that one on up. On a high note. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> one other uh, just interesting development. I can't see it ever becoming popular, but it's interesting concept. Honda, of course, has released a video showing a crazy concept airbag for mobile phones that could turn the slow motion horror that unfolds and would drop our precious gadgets. So basically, it's a it's a hard backed case. It's obviously pretty chunky. It's about the size of a cigarette packet. It goes on the back of your phone, and if you drop your phone, it actually uh, inflates six airbags that wrap around your phone so what, what that's only a concept what will they think of uh, these went like that yeah well <laughs> well look we've only got a couple of stories we've only got a couple of stories to go i've got to get my head around these bloody these iphone pants or whatever you want to call it <laughs> <laughs> so while i get <laughs> call it ice kid look we're gonna have a break i've got to get my head around it all right back in a sec <laughs> all right yeah so i'm um, <laughs> Yeah, got me head around those. That's good. Now, look, I've got a couple of more stories. We've got a birthday. We've got a, do you know whose birthday it is? Oh, it's me. Not, not mine. Well, it's not a whose. Is it Jake's? <laughs> no. No, <laughs> it's not a whose. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a clue. There you go. Now, <laughs> the, spam, the clue's spam, not audible. Spam, one, so. spam, 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 lovely spam. Marvellous spam. That's the clue. Bacon, egg, spam, eggs, ham, bacon, spam, spam, and spam. So happy birthday to the Spam Act. <laughs> it's 10 years. Oh. The Spam no, Act. Not, not interested now. I don't want to know about it. <laughs> the Spam Get Act came money, Python. The Spam Act came into law on the 12th of December 2003 and uh, regulates the sending of marketing emails, SMS, and instant messages. We all know what it is because we all get them. Because uh, that works really well. It's, it's a fantastic act. It's never been breached at all. Oh, look, look, I think that, no, but to be fair, I think it has uh, cut down on a bit. And especially with Australia, Australia uh, companies, at least, who have to mandatory offer you unsubscribe buttons and easily unsubscribe buttons. According to the ACMA chairman, Chris Chapman, Australia was listed in SOFOS top 10 spamming countries in 2003. And in 2013, we are now at 44. So something, something's working there. Something's working there. And uh, look, I've only got one more story. I think Shane, how how are you going over there? 
I'm done. You're, he's done. Shane's done. Yes. All right. So, well, you can chime in on the last couple if you feel the need. Uh, Jace, are you done? I'm done. I was just going to do a quick link to that story. There's a guy called Sanford Wallace who became known as Spamford Wallace because he started up a company to make himself as the original spam king and got in serious trouble with the courts because he started up a business where he'd just go around spamming everybody all over the place to try and make a lot of money, which he did. But uh, he also annoyed enough people to uh, have him sent to court over it. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, what? so he was sending out spam just to make money. Well, that's what they do, I guess. But uh, yeah. yeah, and you need 1% of people to click on it and you make a lot of money that way, which is why it was very, very nice for them at that stage. Yeah, right. Well, no, look, I'm, I'm with Gmail and Gmail, to me, works excellent. It's excellent. Yeah, it's almost not, probably 99% accurate. Oh. There's always some that, that goes either one way or the other. I always check my spam folder occasionally because you'll find something in there. Yeah, I very um, rarely, very rarely get uh, spam in Gmail, which is really, really good. Really good. Really good. Uh, Will, couple of, couple, finish off with some homeless stories. Um, I've got nothing really exciting now. I've done all the good ones. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we'll end off with my story then. So my, uh, my final story is that, uh, look, living on Mars, what do you reckon about that? Uh, It'd be long, good if you're a rover. Yeah, it's a long way away. Woof. 200,000 people have applied to live on Mars. The Mars One Foundation announced Tuesday that it has secured lead supplies for an unmanned mission launching in 2018. Do you know how long it takes to get to Mars? Seven months. <laughs> Seven months. So, look. If That's got, not too bad. What? You're just trapped in like a little bottle. It's better than 15 years to get somewhere. Well, yeah. Really? I mean, was... you know, when they first started estimating Mars and stuff, it was going to be like a, was it a 30-year round trip or something? Oh, was it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, more than 200,000 people have signed up to be the prospective astronauts, but alas, only four will be successful. That's not 4,000, that's four. Four. You can count them on one hand. Uh, selected to go. Advertised with the tagline. Uh, I don't know, something like uh, people go to Mars and the tagline they won't ever come back. So I guess that's right. Uh, so, which made me think, I wonder if you could nominate people to go, you know, like nominate the Australian of the Year. How about you could, you could send in and nominate maybe your mother-in-law or something like that. You know? <laughs> Reminds me of one of the stories in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where there was a planet that uh, had uh, manned missions and it would take several generations for them to get from one solar system to the one that they wanted to go to. And uh, in the meantime, the technology had advanced so much that they were able to do it in a much shorter time. So by the time the first lot of people got there they'd, to uh, attack this other uh, solar system in a war, they'd already, the, the uh, planet they came from had already been there and uh, settled a peace treaty. But these guys had turned up thinking there's going to be a war several generations later. So you have to watch out for the technology. People will be overtaking you in no time. Well, you do. That's right. And look, I do have a little graphic for those on the YouTube there. That's uh, just a picture of an orbit. <laughs> Nothing exciting. <laughs> it's a bunch of circles oh, with some dots and lines. That's right. A bunch yeah. of pretty, pretty nice circles too. Pretty uh, even. They're not ellipses. They're actual circles. So it's, it's pretty good, you know. Oh, dear. Now, the, uh, yeah, so they won't ever come back because there is no return flight. <laughs> so there's no well, way. We don't want them anyway. They, nah, they're the right. Golga Frinchams. So the idea is that they're going to send uh, four people up and then send another couple every couple of years. 
So, uh, well, yeah, interesting idea, I suppose. But there you go. That's that's what happens. What happens? Just talking about the, um... uh, reality TV celebrities first. Yes, B grade ones. Just talking about like space and that. I was, I was reading an interesting article. I think it was a couple of days ago about the um, the unmanned um, rovers and things like that. How far they've travelled and um, the the current record is they thought NASA had beaten it because originally the um, I'm going to mangle the name, but the the Lunkhod two, which is the Russian sort of unmanned vehicle that that was on the moon in 1973 it had traveled 37 kilometers they thought um and the opportunity which is the one on mars at the moment was on its nine month mission or whatever it was and it's been put there in 2004 and it's still going um has currently traveled 35 k's but they've only just recently discovered actually new images of the crater that this russian one ended up in um and they actually figured out it's done closer to 45 k so NASA's still got another 10Ks to go yet. um, And it would have still been operating. They reckon they could go up there and fire this thing back up. But when it closed its clamshell of a night to protect itself, it actually scooped some dirt in to the heating coil inside and clagged it all up. So, But uh, there's that, the Apollo 17 rovers, you know, the little Martian buggy doobies. Um, If you add all of those together, there was the 16, the 15, the 17. So the total about 100Ks on the moon driving around in those things. Yeah, nice. So the Spirit um, and the Curiosity all done. The Spirit done 7Ks. The Curiosity did a K. So we're clocking up some interstellar... Kilometers. Yeah, some kilometers. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Now, if you've if you've like listened to the show, if you've listened to us for the first time on uh, Phase FM or listened to the first time five podcasts, you like the show, you want to know more, AussieTechHeads.com.au forward slash podcast or ca- uh, catch us on the Facebook.com forward slash AussieTechHeads and where you can find many things. And most of the time, the best little gems on the Facebook is each day, uh, or most, most days, there's uh, iOS and Android paid apps that have turned free for that day. So you can jump on there and see the ones that we've picked out that normally you pay for. So, you know, there's no good going trolling through the back of the back catalogue of uh, free apps because they're only free for a day. So you've got to take the current one as they come. But look, it's great. It's great. Uh, as I said before, look, you can, you can check us out on YouTube. You can check us out on the webpage and also AussieTechRadio.com where there's a heap of other little tech podcasts. There's some from New Zealand, Geeksphere TV. There's other Australian ones, TechWebcast.info. And uh, there's a, a, a cool blind tech, eye blind tech. Uh, there's a couple more. There's LinkedIn, uh, one on LinkedIn. There's, there's, there's quite a few on there. There's one from Mark, if you remember Mark, does the Den, not a tech podcast, but, you know, interesting listen. And so, you know, that they, all, they all come up. New shows every Friday. So you can jump on that at aussietechradio.com, listen to it off the webpage, or you can download it or listen to it, stream it through a Shoutcast app on your phone. So sweet as, what more could you ask for? All right, Jace. Uh, good to see you again. We shall see you next week. Yeah, all been. Well, that'll be my last week for a few weeks. I'll be on holidays, so. Oh, uh, lucky you! Take some time in late January. <laughs> yeah, lucky you. All right, so we'll see you in January. In late January. Did you say? Yeah, well, I'm having three weeks off, so. Oh yeah, that'll be take you up there. Yeah, good. Like you going away. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to be doing too much driving, but it's going to be fun <laughs> with my daughter. So. Oh, yeah, good stuff. All right, and uh, Shane over there in Perth, uh, thanks for coming in. Uh, what, what's your plans? You holidaying Christmas time? 
Uh, well, I'm on a I'm on a forced holiday at the moment, <laughs> but um, hopefully things will, will look up, and, and maybe this time next week I'll um I'll have I'll have work, and but yeah, I'll just be taking the normal kind of public holidays over Christmas, as um as far as I know. Mm, good stuff. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks for thanks for joining us tonight, and we'll, we hope to see you next week. And Will, thank you, Will. Thanks for coming in. Glad your internet held out. Not a problem. <laughs> You're glad. <laughs> Are you you having Christmas holidays? You you off on away? Well, by Christmas holidays, you mean I'm not going to work. I'm not actually having a holiday. I'll be driving the entire bloody time. But yeah, other than that, it'll be fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. I'm going to go back to work to have a break. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good. That's good. Well, look, I'm probably going to ask you all again in the week before Christmas. So, look, you you got another. When when is Christmas? So, what's next Two week? Weeks. Next week will be the last Wednesday. show. Twenty fifth of December, Glenn. Twenty fifth <laughs> <Yeah>. December. <laughs> Just this year. Yeah. Next next Christmas. Yeah, something pretty yeah, happened. If it's a leap year, you know, it all gets mixed up. Yeah. All right, so don't forget, you get us on the iTunes. We have a video as well on uh, on iTunes as well. So if you need the video on your iPhone, it's a standard definition video on iTunes, high definition video on YouTube. Look, we're everywhere. Google us. We're everywhere. All right, uh, thanks for listening. Until next episode, we uh, wish you a happy week. Uh, ta-da. Ciao. See ya.